This is Ready to Rage. Are you ready? Hello, this is Ready to Rage. We're your fashion, pop culture, and feelings girls. I'm Sandy Scanlon. And I'm Ashley. What are we raging about today? We are raging about fashion school, merchandising school, the differences, and what you need to know because it is back to school season. Ah, oh my God, I have anxiety stop. So I'm starting design school one week and minus one day from today. And so I'm starting design school. But when I was 18, almost 10 years ago, I actually went for fashion merchandising. I did a semester. So we're, that kind of inspired us. We're talking about, you kind of get an idea of what merchandising is in your head and you kind of have an idea of what design is. So we're talking about those ideas versus realities versus like what you actually study in school and kind of yeah. career paths. So we're kind of going to dive into that. And I just think it's important because, you know, as a teenager, I really knew, I always knew I wanted to be in fashion, but I felt like I picked merchandising because I was overwhelmed you know, as a designer, you're kind of, you're an artist at the end of the day. So when you're 18 and you're going into undergrad programs, you really need a portfolio and all this artwork, like you need still lifes and you need a lot of times AP art and all this, that, and the other thing. So by the time, yeah, you're like, I have to get into that. So by the time I realized I wanted to do it, it was already time to apply to schools. And I'm like, I can't whip out a whole portfolio in like one month. Like I kind Mm -hmm. of, I mean, we can get into it a little bit more, but um, I just didn't have any exposure to art until my senior year of high school, and it was a little bit too late. So I was like, cool, I'll just go for merchandising, but I didn't really realize how um, quantitative it was. Mm-hmm. So I did go to school for fashion design. I went to the Massachusetts College for Art and Design. I actually graduated a year ago. But I did fashion design and I did a minor in fibers and it is a lot of what you just said. Just you need a lot of art. It's truly like I went to an arts college. Yeah, you do need a lot. You need a lot of art. You are coming from an an artist standpoint rather than like, not rather than, there still is merchandising and like, like in my school, the design programs like that were the ones who were like, they got their shit together. Mm-hmm. They're, they're like, we were the merchandising, advertising, marketing people of the school. But like in general, it's still very arts focused. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think I just have so many feelings about college and careers and oh, I could go on for ages. But I think when you're 18, it's way too much to pick out a fucking career. I think you're so overwhelmed. Like for me, I admit, I talked about this in our last episode, but I had met Austin when I was only 17. Like we started dating and for, and I immediately like knew that it was more than a high school relationship and I'm sure you felt like the same yeah. way at So that was really overwhelming for me. I'm like, I'm in this relationship that I know is a really good fit and I'm trying to pick out my college and we might be really far apart and I have no idea what I want to do and I'm leaving my parents for the first time and I need to find myself. There were so many factors and I knew I loved fashion, but I was also kind of a failure on my public education system because not to go all the way back, but you remember when you take an instrument and you take music class and everything. So the way my school was structured, it was basically music or art. You didn't really have the electives to do both. Oh, I did not know that was. A th- I So in my school, it was like 
You could do whatever you wanted if it could fit in your schedule, but the funding went to music or art. So the year that I was a senior, the funding went to music and art was out on its ass. So you had to figure out whatever you wanted to do with my, actually my teachers were really great. She went out and bought all the um, mm. the materials out of her own money with her. Like if you're an art Probably teacher- making like $30,000. Like Aww. literally our teachers get paid in leaves. Like she went and used her leaf money and bought stuff That's and was amazing. like, please don't ruin these guys. I don't have any money and they won't give me any more. I tried so hard. Yeah. So I took all through middle school and until my sophomore year, I, I actually played the violin and taking orchestra was a You full- have for a long time. Yeah. I knew everyone played the violin in like fourth grade and then everyone stopped by like sixth grade I, I at was the like, most. I liked it. And I love, here's the thing. I really loved music and I wish I stuck with it more, but I also love art and I would have been so much better off skipping fucking math and English and just doing music and art. Like I would have thrived. Like high level That would have been amazing. Not like algebra, but like yeah. geometry. Yeah. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't need that. I didn't need that. Um, so I just, I would have been better off doing music and arts. But yeah, so I did violin until sophomore year and then I just kind of realized like, I don't really, not really into it. So I decided to quit. So that opened up my electives a lot. And then by my senior year, it was the only year that my schedule was very open. So I took all art classes. Like I took Photoshop, I took illustration, I took everything at once. I took photo, which was like an OG film photography class with a darkroom. And so that was the first time I had really been like, I'm into this, but then you're already applying to schools, so it's basically already over. Not to sound like morbid, no, but, but that's the way that they 18. structured it. That's how I felt a lot too. Like, I I, don't, I feel like you probably felt the same way. Is like you're floating through your life until you're like 17, and, and then all of a sudden everyone's like, "You're gonna be a senior. You need to figure out your entire life right now. At least the next like 10 years is what they're telling you basically. Because after that, you can you can definitely like change your career, but for the next, like, from right now, you're 17, you got to figure out what you want to do till you're probably, like, 30. Because, like, yeah. you, you have to pay for all those loans and everything. No. So you have to start figuring out what you want to do and work towards that. So I was actually in a very similar boat to you when mm-hmm. I was like, I know I want to do fashion. I've always said like, I want to do art. I bet this influenced you a lot. But growing up, I'd always say I wanted to be an artist. And it always an art. And I was like, that's my thing. I was eight years old and I had a design journal. It was a red mm. notebook. It was a red binder. And I'd put the paper in and somebody gave me a hole puncher and I'd punch the holes and I'd draw my designs That's and so I put cute. them. I don't have it. I wish I still did. I threw it out. Um, when I was an angsty teen, I threw it away. Um, I'd had the drawings and I continued something like that for every year of my life. I'd always had like drawings and whatever. And I always say, I want to be an artist when I grow up. I said artist because I thought saying fashion designer was too, I don't want to say cliche, but like yeah. unrealistic. But even when you said, I want to be, I want to do fashion, I want to do whatever, people, people would look comments. at you and go, you'll never have a job. You'll never make you money. You can't do art. You'll never make money. And, being and we artist, know now that that's just that's people projecting bullshit. their own insecurities on you because it's not true. Yeah. But I want to say for all the girls, the gays, the days, that. When I was probably 15 or 16, my dad had a friend whose daughter went to a small liberal arts college in Boston that did fashion design. And I can't remember the name of it, but it was teeny tiny. And she had just graduated. And she said, 
you're sure you want to do fashion? And I was like, I really am. That's all I've ever wanted to do, genuinely. And a lot of people who do fashion, they have that. And you'll probably it's see this. It's almost like being a doctor where you knew it since you were a little kid. A child. Because I, I knew like, it. I knew it too. But I, again, I just didn't have the confidence because I didn't have the art background. Yeah. And everyone around you was telling you, good, don't do that. That's yeah. not secure. Don't do that. She looked at me and she was like, if you are certain that that's what you want to do, go do it now. Don't do what I did. Because she was older and her boyfriend mm-hmm. was there. And he had, I think he was like an accountant or something. And he had also just finished from a similar school doing photography. And he said, same thing she said, do what you want to do. Because you don't want to be in the same boat as us. We're like 30. Yeah, We have loans. We have now twice the amount of loans because we listened to everyone else and we did what we thought was secure, but we were not happy. Just do what you want to do now instead of trying to do what people tell you is secure because you're going to change it anyways. And now you're going to have to take out more loans. You're going to do all the other stuff. You're going to have to uproot your life. Just do what makes you happy in the beginning. Yeah. And I think... I think that's just the best advice. And like, I'm just learning that at 27, that I just have to go with my gut. And looking back, I always wanted to design, but I just remember opening those applications online. And, you know, when you select your major, you're like scrolling through and it's like, okay, fashion design major. Okay. Well, I need this portfolio and this mood board and this and that. And I'm, and my lazy 18 year old self and it wasn't just laziness I also really didn't have confidence at all and also nobody tells you these things even going through school a lot of it was like how do people know these things there's something that I don't know because everyone seems to just know these certain things and like it sucks when you're growing up and you're in high school and everyone's like oh Ash is a fashion girl like yeah she just knows she just knows everything people act like and then all of a sudden everyone else knows more than you're like (gasps) what do you mean I don't know I don't really recall how open I was with my parents, but I do wish my parents had been like, if this is your passion, like just take an extra semester, take an extra year, figure it out, complete your portfolio, like apply. Yeah. Because you can do it. I don't feel like, and no offense, I'm sure they would say this now, but I, I wish I had somebody to be like, if this is your passion, like hold back, finish that portfolio because you can do it if you set your mind oh, yeah. to it and just apply. And I think everything worked out for the best. So what I ended up doing was I applied for merchandising because- Yeah. So this is the point of the episode, guys. I wanted to do something creative, but again, I didn't really have the balls to design at that time. So I go, oh, I'll do merchandising. It's going to be business. It's going to be great money. I, not to shoot my own horn, but I do have an eye for trends. So I felt like I would be great. Yes, you do. Thank you. (laughs) I felt like I'd be great at that job. And, you know, I thought it'd be really interesting, a little outside of the box. And so I ended up, there's this really small college called the South College in Newton, Mass. So <laughs> stop laughing. So I ended up getting going there and I got a lot of money. And again, I was in that new relationship. So I went there and I thought it was perfect and I got a lot of money. But as I got there, the classes, and again, like not knocking LaSalle College, it's definitely right for some people. It was not mm-hmm. right for me. I got there as a fresh 18-year-old. I immediately felt that the classes were way too easy, that they didn't really make sense, that I didn't need them for my career. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't think this is the college experience. I really was wanted that social experience. And at this particular college, it's extremely small and there's not a lot of social things going on. So I remember calling my mom crying, being like, I want to drop out. I didn't even know I wanted to go to college anyways in the first place. Like I was I was never like That's a, red flag number one. Right. I was never like a kid that was like, I'm definitely going to this school. 
So I ended up transferring to UMass Amherst, which was amazing. And I majored in communications and I loved it. I had amazing friends and a thriving social life. And it made me super liberal. Like I had amazing life-changing moments. And I truly believe I was meant to be there, but that was not a career growth for me. It was personal growth. Like it was me learning about the world around me rather than a career-focused time in my life, which was totally fine. That's equally as important. It's so important. Like I really found myself there. So that's great. And I had such a fun time. I made the best friends and I would never have gotten that at LaSalle. So I'm so glad I went. But again, graduated with this liberal arts communications degree, tried to get into marketing. It's a whole nother thing. Did all these internships, but I couldn't do it. So then I came back to square one, like during the pandemic where I'm like, all right, what do I really want to do inside? What really makes me tick? And I realized the first time around when I did merchandising, I truly just didn't understand what it was. Yeah. And so I have a lot of thoughts. First being that when you are applying for colleges and you're interested in fashion, a lot of colleges would try to entice you by saying, we have fashion here. We have merchandising. It's It's not the fucking same. No. The amount of times where I'd go, so where's your design program? And they go, well, it's merchandising. And I'm just like, so why am I here? I want to make things. I don't want to sell other people's stuff. I want to make my own things. They lie. They should have lied. Bullface lie to you. When the recruiters come to your college or your high school or whatever, they bullface look you in the eye and say, we have fashion here. And then, oh, it's just, it's just merchandising. Make sure that they have a design program before you even get up out of your seat to go to that meeting and leave your class. Okay. Literally. Because like they just, I remember being at this one college and I will not name it because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I remember they came to my high school and they said that they had fashion. They said it. And I sat there in the meeting and I got bold, guys. Um, I sat there in the meeting and I was like, so when are they going to get to the fashion portion? They didn't. It wasn't there. They said they did it. Everyone else said, oh, yeah, they do it. They do art. It's an art college. They do art. They do graphic design. They do illustration. They do marketing. They don't do fashion design fashion merchandise not not a bit of it and i was sitting in this meeting like are you kidding me and i left my class i left my art class for this and i was like, working on a, pe- a painting no. i was class, painting something and having a good time our class was a sacred space like my friend and i had, two, I, had my, two art classes and i left one my friend and i would eat lunch in the art room and paint because it was so it's so therapeutic it's like it was amazing and i Right then and there, I should have harnessed that feeling. I'm mean, like, this is amazing. And I know fashion's different, but it's kind of art. And I wish I'd been like, I need to follow this spark. Well, I mean, in the society that we live in, because we live it's in a squash. society, it's squash. It's squash. Because- it's the idea of squashing it is nurtured. They go, it feels good for you to do this thing? Uh-uh. If you feel good, you're That's not wrong. working. Yeah. No, 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 no. It should be the other way around. If you can find work that makes you feel whole and complete, and fulfilled and it's not always gonna do that sometimes days just suck but if you can find something that you like not that you have to crawl out of bed and have three cups of coffee before you get there if you can find something that you go i'm excited to work on this thing today that's a win no matter how much money you make that's a win you're having a good Mm -hmm. time most people are just conditioned to hate their job, hate their and life, just deal with it. and then they see other people going, I like my job, I like my life, and they go, well, then you can't be working that hard because my life sucks. 
you know what actually makes me so sad out of this whole thing was that that I was that 17, 18 year old and I thought I was too late. Like that's the thing that really You're only 17. That's the thing that kills me about our society is you're constantly conditioned to believe that you're it's too late even when you were a child. Yeah. For me to think that I was 18 and it was too late. And then I even remember being 26, 27 and I met you and other friends that went to college for fashion design and I started seriously thinking about it but in the beginning I was like well it's too late isn't that sad and I'm only 27 I was like well I'm already old it's already done and then I all of a sudden I was like wait 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 a second like I have 40 years of working like it's worth going to school it's worth it and like I always say and I'm sure I told you this like when we were starting to become friends and everything that at this school that you're going to because you're going to mass art too Mm -hmm. now for the certificate program I said you know what I think I think that the people who go into school when they're older actually do so much better than the undergrad students who are like between the ages of 18 to 22 and it's because I think that they've lived life the way that you've lived life and just mm-hmm. have such a clear vision for themselves. And they've gone through all the bullshit and they did the whole, I want to do corporate, Nine I'm going to do whatever. And now they're like, you know what? That shit isn't real. And I want to do art and I want to be in fashion and whatever facet of fashion that is because contrary to popular belief, okay, because I was told this my whole life and I was convinced I was going to be starting in poor. There are millions of jobs in fashion where you don't have to be creative. You don't have to be mm-hmm. like Alexander Wang. You don't have to be Alexander McQueen. You don't have to be like. You don't, you don't have to be Tom Ford. You don't have to be Tom Ford, who's a fucking weirdo, by the way. Um, you don't have to do all those things. You can. There are lots of different. There's lots of different parts of fashion there's lots of different jobs there's creative jobs and things that are less creative there's lots of things you can do you're not gonna be poor if you want to go into fashion there's one thing you won't be you will not be poor so i'm going into this being like i have to give this one thousand percent i'm it's a it's not just fashion school it's like i'm putting myself out there on social media we're doing our podcast it's a whole trifecta of things so it's not just going to school but i'm like this is it like i'm putting my whole heart body soul into this and it has to work like I have to do it because for me there's no alternative like this is what I have to do okay so in the spirit of thinking about people who might be in the same position as my 17 18 year old self people who know they love fashion but are on the fence I just wanted to talk a little bit about what fashion merchandising actually is and what their day actually looks like versus designers because I think that can help a lot of people I think people think of the fashion industry as like super glamorous and I think you really need to take some time to self-reflect on whether you want to be on the business side of things and quantitative or if you want to be a creator and on the creative side of things like I think that's a really important conversation to have with yourself and I think it's just worth mentioning a little bit because I know at LaSalle when I was doing merchandising they had a lot more merchandising than design students and I can't speak to their design program at all but the merchandising students it felt almost like a lot of and this was 2012 and influencers weren't quite a thing yet but it felt like there were a lot of wannabe influencers and not at all in a negative way I'm not saying fake I'm just saying if influencers were a thing they would have been these girls like I had an 8 a.m merchandising class and 
the girls would show up in like heels and head to toe. Oh my god, I heard the same thing too from your about, about like yeah, girls who LaSalle. wanted to do like LaSalle specifically who wanted to do fashion. Like there were girls who were just like like imagine Blair Waldorf, just like girls totally. who would love to dress up. Nothing bad about it, but girls who love to dress up and like I think it's very funny because my friends were telling me this as I'm in my studio working making the clothes in like sweatpants no like like i said in the last episode like last night's makeup on hungover shit (laughs) like my teachers telling me that they used to hide in the studio so they could work all night like it's actually very funny like yeah fashion students generally compared to rest of college students look great for sure but not like not everyone's wearing something nice a lot of times it's like i'm in a sweatsuit no, the sneakers really? are be nice, but I'm in sweat. I'm a sweatsuit. Like I might be wearing Yeezys, but <laughs> but it's sweats. it's sweats, and I have no makeup on. No, you hit the nail on the head. It was like all these girls were super styled to the nines, and that was amazing. Not even a pencil, ho. Yeah, and it was nice, but that wasn't what merchandising was. Again, styling guys has an extremely creative element to it, and that oh, is yes. not what merchandising is. Like merchandising is on the business side of things at the end of the day. So I think. I'm just pointing out the fact that there were a lot of young women who all had a similar interest. Like, I'm great at styling. I'm great at picking up pieces. Like, here we are. We're all looking good. It's 8 a.m. We're 18. Like, we're here. But maybe those people would have been better suited for the design at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they were just told that... They're like, it's fashion school and I'm and I'm good at fashion, so I'm here. Yeah. I, um, I actually have a cousin who said she wanted to do fashion and she that shit ate her alive because she loves to get dressed she loves to style things she loves all that stuff she was like i can't do it i went there and that shit was so hard because a lot of the work will drive you to not be able to dress the way you want it'll drive you to not be able to wake up at the crack of dawn to do that because you'll be up all night the night before painting sewing drawing working on your technical flats your eyes will get so dry because you're just, you just sitting there stare you just can't do anymore you're staring at your computer all night long making specs well, that's <laughs> what i learned at the job that you and me were both at where we met i'm like i you know i would wear sweat i had all these like really nice they were so suits. cute i, really I bought like, some because pink. you did you had like, them <laughs> That was actually so cute. I want to look cute too. Yeah, like I'd have like a pink sweatsuit and you'd be like, I'm going to buy a sweatsuit. And like, <laughs> hell yeah. Because we're doing this physical job and you have to be comfortable, but it's cute too. And it's cold outside. And I'm not trying to, it's nine o'clock in the morning. When it's zero degrees and you're in New England. But Austin, my boyfriend, was like, what are you going to wear on your first day of fashion school? I'm like, that's the last thing on my mind because I am there to, as a creator. I'm not there to as like an influencer or a stylist to show off. Like, I'm not showing off to anybody. Like, I'm literally here to make art and I don't care what I'm wearing. Yeah. And like everyone else who works there, minus like a handful of people. And you know, Sandy, you know who they are. We'll be wearing black. We'll be wearing a black t-shirt and black pants and little <laughs> like black boots. Like, that's like everyone dresses like a waiter. It's like the unofficial, and they'll say it too, but unofficial But designers, if you look at shows, that's what designers wear. And when these they people walk are, out. yes, these people are accomplished people who worked in the industry in some facet who decided that, I want to teach. I want to teach the youth. Yeah. Like, they all wear that. So imagine, you don't got to worry about what you look Me like. You don't. I'm not worried about it. It's the last thing on my mind. Like, I want to be, I want to learn. I'm there to learn. Yeah. And I'm, and you know, when you're 18 and you're in merchandising school, you're like, feel like you have to impress anybody and everybody has their hair curled. And again, it's like 8 a.m. and you're hungover rolling out of bed and you're like, what the hell? Why are you wearing heels? But it was that culture 
That's like, do cool. it for you. If you want it, do it for you. Do it for you. But don't, don't do it because, oh, my God, I'm in fashion school. Nobody gives a shit. In real fashion school, when you're designing, nobody cares. So I just want to say, and this is according to Wikipedia, guys. Wikipedia is mwah, perfect. Love Wonderful it. Wonderful source. It's here for me whenever I need it. <laughs> so just to go over it, if you're still thinking fashion merchandising is right for you, It can be defined as the planning and promotion of sales by presenting a product to the right market at the proper time. You have to have super great quantitative skills. It's a lot of spreadsheets. So merchandising within fashion retail refers specifically to the stock planning management and control process. Like I already said multiple times, the position requires well-developed quantitative skills and a natural ability to discover trends, which is where a little bit of the creative side comes in meaning that relationships and interrelationships among standard sales and stock figures are all copacetic. So there definitely is a balance of creative and analytical, but I do feel people go into it being like, I'm great at trends. For example, we just did our fall trends episode being like, oh yeah, sequins are going to be in. Like, no, you need actual data to back that up. You Mm -hmm. need massive ass spreadsheets and you're going to be a little fish in a big pond at the end of the day and like basically being told what to do. Like you're not going to rise to the top quickly and be like demanding the trends. You're going to be. And then also like when you're doing trends, it's not like I feel like people say, Oh, I'm good at trends. It's I'm good at catching on the trends that are going on right now. When you're trend forecasting, they can trend forecast for like two years in advance. And trend forecasting is a whole different career like that's not that's an entire career that's different that's actually what i wanted to do when i first started that's so cool i want to do that trend forecasting and like analyzing trends is not you can't just look at zara and go well everyone's wearing lilac right now so i think it's really good trend and i'm gonna buy it that's different and it totally depends on where you're working and where you live and what country we're in so another thing on Wikipedia that I was like, hell yeah, we have to share this with our listeners. So there's the five rights of merchandising, which are the five R's. And I've never heard of this. I'm curious if you have. So it's the right merchandise at the right price, at the right time, at the right place, in the right quantities. I have never heard this because I did not do this. And to me, that sounds like hell and so much pressure. Like, yeah, I'm so 18 year old me is like, oh my God, I'm so good at trends. I always wear things before they're popular. Like, yeah, hell yeah. I'd be so good at this job. But then you have to think about the right quantities. Like, to know mm-hmm. how much you need to order, you have to have spreadsheets galore. You have to be super organized. You have to really know what you're doing. You have to know your brand. You have to con- it's know a numbers you- game. You have to know your customers to the T. So it is literally a numbers game, as you said, and it's super stressful. And you can definitely make great money, but it's not just identifying a trend. It's so many factors. It's you, Yeah, you can't just wave a little sparkly wand and go, everyone's going to wear blue this season. That's not the job. I think, honestly, and I'm not trying to shit on anyone who's interested in fashion, merchandising or design, either one, people don't realize how much work generally goes into all of it. And because the end, the end result is something that everyone interacts with, everyone interacts with clothes. So everyone thinks they have an idea of what clothing is yeah. and what it should be and what would sell. No one has more ideas about what would sell more than your dad. <laughs> My dad, your dad, every dad. I know every dad. Any dad listening out there, stop suggesting what your children should make, wear, and or sell. It's always wrong, okay? You just have bad ideas. I can't, I don't know what to tell you. But like, they always think, I know, I know what's trendy. 
I yeah. know what's going on. I saw on. this. I read one article about this, and now I know. Yeah. We really? No. I'm... Oh, <laughs> I thought. You were... No, I, I mean, read an article about dads I mean. knowing no, everything. No, no. Oh no, I mean, like as a dad, that's what you would say. Like, I saw one article about like cowboy yes. boots, and I know they're gonna be trendy. And, and like, then what? for the next ten years, like, like, cowboy boots are so cool. Ago. Shut up. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Like if you just think about. That's why I get so annoying. People ask me, oh my God, can you just like make me something? No, I cannot. Because you spent your whole life learning how to make it. But I, and specific to the merchandising field, that is a lot of quantitative work. Again, it's yeah, not the creative it's a thing ton of where you're like raving your magic wand and creating something. Like you're actually measuring and analyzing tangible results and you have to provide them to somebody else as a brand. So it's not, again, designing. You have a little bit more free reign where you can make what you want. Whereas like these merchandising things, when you're actually buying the product, it's like you have to have information to back up what you think you'll sell and the right amount. Which, like, how the hell do you know how much to order? That is so stressful. It is it is a lot. It's for someone who's very type A. So if you yeah. are a creative person who's not, like, you love who's math. messy and who loves, like, just to wake up and roll out of bed hungover. Listen, baby. Merchandising might not be for you. Oh, God. <laughs> that would have stabbed my 17-year-old heart. I'm so sorry. No, it should have. Because, no, but I'm so good at just like making things on the fly like that's what I'm good at and I'm good at ambiguity and just kind of like leaning into things and going with the flow so that's why I'm like into that's, design that's literally like that I think you're good for design like right just, but I, I thought really that I was good. merchandising so that's why it's like Whoa. well yeah because like you just everyone does this they just try to go well I'm gonna do fashion I'm gonna do whatever everyone tells you is a safe option I'm gonna do what I want but it's a safe way and it's like no it's, it is it's safer, not yeah. I feel like you're just so good at like aesthetics and oh like God, just analyzing like an overall you're good at like really sussing out the vibe is what you're good at. And that's a lot of like just um good design, I feel like is having just like positive vibes uh, or a solid vibe. Like or like sticking like, to one. Yeah, like nothing yeah. is truly ugly. I, I genuinely believe nothing is truly ugly. It's just that like it's an aesthetic and it might not fit your aesthetic, mm-hmm. but if you can lean into it, like Vivian Westwood has his hair. Just this like y'all, y'all know what I'm talking about she's got that hair and like she's always had it and it's just like it's crazy but like it's her thing or like um in a winter has that hair but like that's her thing it's about having your thing and sticking to it it's the aesthetic that you created and I feel like you're good at that and a lot of fashion people yeah. just have this aesthetic I thought it was Instagram the first time I met you and I was like that's your Instagram that's oh my gosh, so I cohesive. I'm so okay. I'm trying to work on. I'm so self-critical. I don't feel like it's adhesive at all. I'm constantly ripping myself to shreds, being like, "It's not cohesive." Like, get it together. Pick cohesive. It's because you're so yellow, but like, it's <laughs> such a. It's so cohesive. It's so. I was. And by oh, yellow, we're so... talking about aura colors, which we will totally get into in another episode. At by, Mystic Michaela. By yellow, she's calling me a little bit like type A, like organized, like a little bit of like a. I've got a. I spoke to this medium who told me that I have yellow, but it's not mine. And I'm uh, more creative and messy and crazy. And Sandy truly has it. So <laughs> you We're can like tell. We're like switching. Like I are. didn't think I had it and you thought you had it. I thought it was so yellow. We'll get Mystic Michaela on the podcast. Oh my God. Because we're with purple. Purple is like the crazy, like artist really type. creative artist. Can't do nine to five. Always has messy laundry, like messy, but in like a hot mess, like 
Like the cool. hot, hot, bad bitches are cool purple. Girl. Yeah. Hot bitches are so purple and they all have tummy issues. So we'll talk about it for sure. But yes, by yellow, she just means like a little bit over analytical in yeah. a way maybe. But that's not my... I definitely lean more purple. I definitely lean more creative, but I just have a little bit of that voice that's like, you could always be better. It could be a little bit more on point. You could lean in a little bit more. You could work a little bit harder, and I'm trying to be kinder to myself. Oh, so good. Because I look at my Instagram feed and I'm like, this is shit, but I'm like, I love it. I always look I'm like, but I put in a lot of work and like, I should appreciate myself. The color palette is so cohesive, and I'm always like, oh my God, I want myself like that so bad. Mine is all over the place because I'm I'm purple and I'm just like, I don't care. I need to have it up now. Yeah, I do that too. (laughs) (laughs) So, again, back to fashion merch. So, we're talking about education. A lot of people go over an associate's or a bachelor's. I really don't think it matters. I think your work experience matters much more. I genuinely think you could just go for a generic business degree. Because, for example, my friend and roommate we were just hanging out with mm-hmm. went to UMS Amherst with me. He's my really good friend. And he went to the Eisenberg Business School. And he works, you know, he he's not a merchandiser, but that he works so with merchandisers fancy. and buyers. So at the end of the day, where there's a will, there's a way. And I think if you go to business school, you're completely fine. I do not think you need a specific degree in this. But if you do go for school, um, a lot of relevant courses include accounting, economics, textiles and merchandising, even psychology, marketing. Um, Sometimes there'll be like specific fashion buying classes, which buying is a specific title within merchandising. Sometimes there will be a history of fashion. Sometimes there will be merchandising, mathematics, retail management. Um, And then going through very quickly a few different careers within merchandising, buyers, who more develop plans and obviously like buy the items at the end of the day and figure out the amount and you know the who what when all those details there's account executives store managers merchandise coordinators showroom managers and merchandise planners those are all under the fashion merchandising umbrella mm-hmm. very analytical very like we said before type a and I know the way that it was read to you sounds like it's a lot. And it is a lot. But if you feel like that's a lot of, like, math and just a lot of hardcore thinking. Dude, design is math too, It's bitch. different math, though. I know. Because it's- I'm terrible at math. It's just fractions. Yeah, I was going to say, I so I'm, guys, I'm about to take pattern making in a week and I'm so anxious. I'm excited. It's an excited anxious. Like, I just want to rip the bandit off and get into it because it's hanging over my head. But yes, yeah, so like you said, I, I actually completely black this out. But at LaSalle, I did take merchandising math. And it was just like weird algebra. But it was just like about your gross profits. And it wasn't stuff that was that hard. And honestly, if you were starting a business, you could just hire somebody to do it. It's not like yeah. you have to personally know it. But yeah, but then when you're doing design, it's But frac- starting a business as a designer, not as a merchandiser. Yeah. But at doing the business as a designer aside from the business side of things as the actual designer and doing the patterns, it's like, yeah, it's fractions and that's math, but it's yeah. different. It's different. It's different. And like, you know what I think? It's, it's scaling. Really, it's the mentality. So I've got fashion design school. Ooh, that I'm gonna talk break about it down. It's really the mentality. And like, I feel like when you're a designer and you're someone who's creative and you're not like logic based, if that makes sense, 
That's um, my life. I'm not logic based, guys. It's okay. We're not logic based. You and me are both right brains, right? Left yeah. brains and yeah. Yeah. We're both, very we're both like, I like paint. Um, <laughs> Cover me in paint and roll me around on a canvas. But if you're not that kind of person, you will still learn the necessary things to get by. Entire life currently bad at math. Oh my God. Don't ask me about an equation. I don't know. But I will be able to do a fraction. Give me a, a quilting ruler. I can do whatever you need. You learn those things in service of your creative process. Yeah. That's how it is. But if you're not like that, if you're not interested in design, you can totally do the other things in merchandising, whatever. But this fashion design, just, there's still math, but it's not the same. Go figure it out. Like where there's a will, there's a way, you know? You figure it out because you, have you literally have to. And there's no other options. I know how to do correct measurements because I have to. Or I had to. I still do. I still make stuff. I still sell stuff. I do because I need to, not because I want to. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, for fashion design, I have on good old Wikipedia, fashion design is the art Boner alert, Wikipedia. Ooh. (laughs) Could that be our sponsor? Wikipedia, hello. They can't sponsor us. Every year they ask for money. (laughs) (laughs) fashion design is the art of applying design aesthetics clothing construction and natural beauty to clothing and its accessories it is influenced by culture and different trends and has varied over time and place quote a fashion designer creates clothing including dresses suits pants and skirts and accessories like shoes handbags for consumers he or she or they they didn't include us but or they thank you can specialize in clothing accessory or jewelry design or may work in one or more of these areas thanks for clearing that up i was really confused about it you're welcome (laughs) Okay, so I know we said in our last episode that bad bitches do not drive cars, but bad bitches do so. And a little contradictory, but sewing is like driving a car. There's a little foot pedal. It's just muscle memory. Hang them foot pedal. There is there is one pedal, not two, but there's one. And it, it is called the brake a lot of times. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, yes. I hate driving. I hate driving. But sewing's fine. I'm getting into it. Yeah, so... Sewing is like a driving a car because you can do it by yourself. You kind of have to learn how to do it by yourself. But the more you do it, the easier it is. Don't be afraid to mess up. And seam rippers are your friend. Have multiple. Hide them places. I got a pack of Amazon of like 20. Yes. <laughs> oh, and um, so for college, I dormed for two years. And then because there was not guaranteed housing at my college and I lived not too far away, I just commuted in for my last two years. If you're a commuting. Guys, you need doubles of everything, triples of everything. You need your own home set of all your ruler, your hip curve, your French curve, your pencils, your not your patterns, but you need everything. Every tool, I will, I will actually <laughs> do this for you. I'm gonna come in with like my big rolly bag of all the things. Like you have all this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you need doubles of everything. You will forget it. Your scissors. Oh Jesus Christ! Please. Buy as many pairs of scissors. If they're on sale, buy them, bitch. Fabric scissors, 
paper scissors. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Don't I got let a nice anyone pair of, um, cut cutting scissors from Amazon. Good. Don't let anybody use your fabric scissors. Not even that. your friends. <laughs> they can't trust your friends. You need a rotary it's like cutter. Letting someone borrow your lighter. Straight up. Like, like you'll never you get need, it back. You need that little. Have you seen the lighters that have like the pulley, like an attachment, so you can let someone borrow it, but it like snaps back. Like that's what you need with your scissors. <laughs> Straight up, yeah. Go like, don't pick me. No, yeah. Like you need. Don't let anyone borrow your scissors. You need a rotary cutter. Get used to using a rotary cutter. I know they're scary. Okay, I know it's sharp. Yeah, I can do Just it. oh god. Don't put your fingers on it because sometimes you want to cut certain things. Like your life's gonna be made much easier if you have a rotary cutter and a cutting mat. You won't have that like hard feeling in your hands when you're cutting. Yeah. Like Purple it's just, tunnel. yeah, it it's just so much better for like lightweight fabrics. Get yourself some fabric weights. Sometimes they have them in your school studios. They have them in your school studios, but not everybody has them. And sometimes knowing to be using it, someone will be like, I need that. So buy yourself a little small weight set. Um, you need dressmaker pins. Don't buy any of those shitty ones that have a little yellow top or whatever. Ooh. They they suck. Buy dressmaker pins. They bend so easily. They bend so easily. Get yourself a good set of hand sewing needles and tracing paper. This is my thing. I have a thing with my patterns and my plots. So when you are designing things, you make your own patterns when you're in school. Do you are? You. <laughs> I'm just. That's with you. all you do. I'm fucking with you. That's all you do. So. You're probably going to be in class. They're probably going to be teaching you how to, like, pattern out a basic shirt or something. Mm -hmm. First of all, keep all of your basic slopers. Slopers are your, like, baseline measurements for, like, this really simple, ugly dress that, like, is the base for everything. And you can cut it up, basically, and make it into whatever you want. Take good care of that. You'll be keeping that for the rest of your life. Anything that you make in school... Unlike regular colleges where they're like, you're going to learn this in college and never use it again. You want to keep it. You actually want to keep them in the best condition ever. You keep them forever. At the very least, you keep them throughout all of college. Make sure they're accurate. Make sure they look nice. Don't be afraid to fix them up. Don't be afraid to ask for help if you need help and you think your sloper looks weird and like the darts are weird or they're too high. I will help you. I'll bring mine if I can find all of them because some of them got lost in the shuffle of COVID. I was saying your plots. So when you're patterning, you trace things off. Don't cut your original patterns. Lay your, your pattern paper down. You trace off your shirt front sloper and then you draw on what you want to make. Do not cut that flat piece. Take a piece of kind of sort of see-through pattern paper or tracing paper is my favorite personally and trace that shit off. Do not cut that because what you have laying in front of you is a map. If you cut your map, you're screwed. You're gonna have to do the whole thing again (sighs) because if it doesn't work because usually you go pattern, then muslin, then finished garment. If you don't, to do your pattern or whatever, or you do your muslin and your muslin comes out weird and wonky and you want to fix it up, you're out of luck, man. Sorry, babe. You got to do the whole thing again. You need to keep your pattern because that way you know what you need to change. So just, I've had professors tell me to cut my plot and I was like, bitch, you crazy. I'm not doing that. (laughs) 
Don't listen to them. They tell you to just do it. Just trace it. Just trace it. Yeah. Just trace it. Whatever it is, just trace it. Invest in a good set of colored pencils. It's really Ooh. helpful when you're tracing things to be able to see the different colors, changes that you make. Make yourself a little key. Let me see if there's anything else on my list that I want to tell everyone. Oh, I have just funny stories now. <laughs> you want to close with your favorite one? Oh, oh my goodness. Let me see. I've got a big old list. Oh, my last good helpful thing is be respectful of your professors and make as many friends with them as you possibly can. That's a good tip. Some professors are weird. Be nice to them. Be respectful at the very least. Some of them will really push your buttons. But it's really important to just like understand that these people are most likely well-connected, accomplished, knowledgeable, and you never know, they could send jobs that they might yeah. they might look at you and your work ethic as a student and refer you to jobs they might not give to other people. Like, I'm literally in two weeks going to go and, like, hang out with my old professors and, like, maybe do, like, some kind of collab. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, a good idea. Like, it's, it's good to, like, have those people in your back pocket for great, knowledgeable friends, but also a lot of really good opportunities. Same thing goes for your classmates. Everyone in the room with you is probably going to be successful and you want to be friends with them. You not saying you should use people. Not mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, but just be, be mindful. Human. <laughs> be nice. Be mindful. Know that. Be oh, respectful. Yeah, be respectful. Even if you don't like someone, be respectful. And just know you can probably use their help at some point. It's also really nice to have friends outside of your major, specifically in photography. Yeah. Oh my God. It's nice to have photographer friends. Tell me about it. My favorite funny story, I guess, is when I was a junior, I had a um, roommate, not when I was a junior, but the year before, but then after I was a junior commuting and I was working late in the studio because I feel like you don't start really working super late till you're a junior, senior. And I was like the only one in the studio minus... Uh, my ex roommate now. Not nothing ha- bad happened yeah, after. Just, yeah, and she was there with her boyfriend, and they were an odd pair, but they were in the studio. And like usually, there's no one else who's supposed to be allowed in the studio unless they're on the fashion floor. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, not even like other people, specifically because people would steal clothes all That's the time. So up. People still people come in and go, "Oh my god, look at these cute jeans! I'm going to steal them." And they're like, "People are making those jeans. There's like someone's final, and they just stole it." So no one's supposed to be in there, but she had invited her boyfriend in here. It's fine. And I'm sitting all the way at my desk, which is towards the back of the room. And they're all the way at the front and I'm working and I was in between songs and I hear singing. I thought you were going to say they were hugging up in front of you. Oh God. Oh God. I would have passed away. (laughs) But I hear singing. And I was like, is it like a Bruno Mars? Lady Gaga? What's up? You're never gonna guess. Mm-hmm. I hear singing, and it's my the my ex roommate, this girl, and she's singing "Skater Boy." Ew. There, and he's singing it back to her. And so he, she is like, "He was the skater boy," and he's like, "She says he on here, right?" Like they're doing like a call and response. Yes. Ugh. And then this boy has the audacity to look back in the room, and he and I make direct eye contact. And I'm trying, I'm like working on my menswear. Like, I'm just trying to do my homework. And I was like, all of a sudden, I feel like I'm witnessing something I'm not supposed to be. So I get up and I go to my other, like, really good friend who 
he's a monitor for like the the floor like every floor and like whatever when you're like when there's not like school hours they have a monitor so someone to clean up do whatever she has signed up to be a monitor so i go to the other room and i'm like friend i don't know what to do and i feel like i'm not supposed to be there i feel like i'm intruding on an intimate moment <laughs> <laughs> they're singing and i was like i think i have to like hang out here so i'm pausing my homework to hang out with my friend as she sweeps no. and i'm trying to help her clean up or do whatever just to pass the time because i was like he and i made eye contact Horrible. and they're singing and she's like what song and i'm like skater boy Horrible. so so <laughs> a lot of really weird characters in art school and i'm so sorry if you have to interact with them well, on that note, go to school for what you want. Or if you don't want to go to school, don't feel bad about not going. I think the bottom line is just when you make a big life decision, whether it's your career or anything, do some – is introspection the right word? I don't know what the word Yeah, it's just like self-reflecting introspection. Self-reflection. It's like look inside and really don't go off what other people are telling you or what you think you need to do. Genuinely follow a spark of interest because – if I had done, and don't, I don't regret anything. I think I learned a lot about myself. I think everything happens for a reason. But if when you know, I was 17, 18, if I was told, like, follow that gut feeling, I might have gone straight into it and already. Yeah, been like solidly it. into your yeah. career. And again, I really think everything happened for a reason. I'm approaching this situation with much more confidence than I ever would have been able to as an 18, 19, 20 year old. But yeah, but your life would have been very different if yeah. you'd gone for the things that might have sparked yeah. joy, as Marie Kondo would say. Yes, so no regrets, but follow things that spark joy. I don't care if you're 18 or if you're 50. It's your life. You should follow things that genuinely excite you, so just go for it. Yeah. Follow like, what speaks to you. Just have fun. Be creative. Never stop being creative. And don't let anybody tell you that you'll never make money as an artist. Those people are sad and boring. Especially with the internet, even like 30 years ago, I could be like, okay, like, yeah, I get it. But now I'm like, they're just uninformed at the, this point. You can sell anything, anything. Literally, lots of girls sell their bath water and are millionaires. You think you can't sell your paintings? Go ahead. You can sell them. You can sell whatever you want. Sell your own bath water. It's okay. Well, guys, until next time, check us out on Instagram. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know your experience in fashion school. You want to yeah. hear it. We're supporting you all the way through. Um, you can totally DM me with fashion questions. I'll do yeah. my best to answer. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ready to Rage. You can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Ready to Rage Podcast. Send us an email with your thoughts on the episode. Anything you'd like us to include in the future at Ready to Rage Podcast at gmail.com. You can also donate on Patreon at Ready to Rage. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. Thank you. Rage. <laughs>